0: Welcome to the She Read, She Said podcast, where we read and discuss books about women written by women. We're your hosts, Megan and Kate. So sit back, settle in, and let the pages come to life. Well, hello there. Welcome. Welcome, one and all, to today's episode, because it's a special episode today. Tell me, Megan, why is it special? Well, it's very special because today, is a Patreon-exclusive preview for our regular listeners. So we are joined by our regular masses, plus our much-beloved patrons. Worlds collide. (laughs) It's very, very exciting. And besides that, I mean, everyone is joined together today for one reason, Mm -hmm. and that is Throne of Glass. Yes, they are. And like you said, worlds are colliding. Our lovely patrons who have been going through the SJM reads with us so far, we just completed the Akatar series. So sad but less sad because we are now jumping into the Throne of Glass world. Our patrons will be getting this episode first. So by the time uh, our normal listeners are listening to this, it will be a week later and our patrons will be on to Crown of Midnight already. This will be old business, old news. Who cares about what's going on in Throne of Glass? I mean, I do. Yeah, I do. And I think they do too. I mean, like you said, it was sad to say goodbye to Akatar, but, uh, Being in this book series really makes me feel okay with that. Yes, this series so far is definitely a step up into the layers of fantasy. Mm -hmm. This is a much more epic high fantasy compared to Akatar. Yes, it is. And it is, it's like it's more brutal, Mm -hmm. definitely more action, but we still have the. Wonderful characters that mm. Sarah J. Mass is known for yes. that really ground the story. So, what else could I want? Nothing. Nothing. Not yet. I mean, I don't even know what else I could want because I haven't gone through the whole series yet. Well, this book series is going to tell you what you want because <laughs> you're going to like it. <laughs> because for those of you who don't know, Megan has not read this series. No. Nope. I have read it once before. It has probably been about two years since I've read it, and I've only read it once. So I know things Megan doesn't know. Which is super fun for me. Also fun I for say me. sarcastically. <laughs> it's actually fun for me. Not for Megan, though. When you're telling me your crazy theories mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're not even close. But I love the enthusiasm. I mean, to be fair, you also ask me when I'm quarters through the book. So I'm just throwing out my feelings, mm-hmm. my thoughts, which... I redact a lot of them by the end of the book, Mm -hmm. but it's still fun. Yeah. And I still remember all of the wackadoodle thoughts I had when Mm -hmm. I had no context of what this series was (laughs) or where it was going. Yeah. It's the question of, I don't know what kind of book this is, Mm -hmm. but if it's this kind of book, I could see this happening. But if it's this kind of book, I could see this happening. Mm -hmm. And before we dive into our thoughts on the book, all of the things we got to chitter-chatter about, Mm -hmm. we did read The Assassin's Blade first. We did. That episode has already been released up on our Patreon. We decided, or I decided, to read the series in that order because, as our patrons know, I committed a throne of glass carnal sin, (laughs) and I listened to people on the internet And I was planning on reading the series originally in the romantic order, which would be the Assassin's Blade after the second or third book. However, around that time in the series is when I really got hooked and I'm a not-so-patient person when it comes to consumption of storytelling. And I felt like if I hadn't needed to read it up until that point, then maybe I could just get away with not reading it at all. So I read it after I finished the series, after I read Kingdom of Ash. I decided for us that that wasn't the way for you to experience it. Thank you. And now that we have read The Assassin's Blade and Throne of Glass... I think I would recommend that order to first-time readers. I don't know if you have any feelings about that. I do. Granted, I can only go off of the first two books. But as it stands right now, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to read it first. Mm -hmm. Because I had a lot of moments of trying to imagine what it would be like to not have all of the background, to not have all of the stories, because she does kind of offhandedly mention, oh, when I went to the Red Desert, oh, when mm-hmm. I knew this person. Obviously, she talks about Sam and mentions him and Arabin to not have the full emotional context for it. Mm-hmm. If I was coming into Throne of Glass first, I feel like there would be some potential like emotional punches missing mm-hmm. or possibly just some confusion as to, okay, but why are we caring so much about this right now? Mm-hmm. But I can only say that because I know what she's talking about. Yeah. So I just had a lot of moments where it's like, how, how are people not reading that first maybe it makes sense once we get farther into the series but no I agree with that because I think that's what I thought when I first read Throne of Glass that there was so much hype around it and I read it and I think I wasn't able to appreciate Character moments for Selena as mm-hmm. much because I didn't have the full context. You find out what happened, just chain of events, but having the full emotional punches and just understanding who she was before she came here. Because yeah. obviously, at the beginning of Throne of Glass, we open up and she's just spent a year in a death camp called Endoviar. So she's been a slave for a year. So to understand the young woman she was before that and now seeing her after, there was definitely a bit of a disconnect Mm -hmm. for me, which is why I think I didn't get into the series as much as I maybe would have until two or three books in. Yeah, because I honestly feel like in every corner of this book, there potentially is some of that punch missing, like when it comes to her relationship with the boys, Mm -hmm. when it comes to her relationship with Mm Nehemia after Ansel, when it comes to even just her skills, knowing what she can do, knowing how much she loved luxury, like Mm -hmm. these little things that really add to who she is and her journey through this story make a big difference. Yeah. So, And it's not to say that you couldn't obviously appreciate that reading that after, but I don't know. I was just trying to imagine my myself reading it without knowing all of that and mm-hmm. it, it's like why? Like why do people choose <laughs> to read it later? Obviously they have their reasons, but that was just my initial thought going into it. Yeah, I definitely appreciated this book a lot more coming fresh off of The Assassin's Blade. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I chose correctly for <laughs> well at least done. you and I specifically. Mm-hmm. And we will not be tandem reading no. because that is just too hard from a episode perspective, as well as I know that would infuriate Megan to be going back and forth between two books. It would infuriate me. So with that, let's officially jump into Throne of Glass. Megan. Yes. As a first time reader, Mm. what were your reactions to this book? I know that you kind of mentioned your reading experience with the series, but I've also heard other people say that it took them a bit to get into Throne of Glass. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, it didn't hook them right away. Mm -hmm. This book hooked me right away. Mm -hmm. I was really happy to be In this story... I really fell in love with the characters. It was definitely a page turner for me. And it's been a little bit since I've, I think, read a book that, especially with the last third, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I needed to get to the end and I needed to find out what happened and who she was with and and all of the things. Um, (laughs) We're definitely going to talk about her love life in this episode. I don't know. I was just pretty addicted Mm -hmm. from, I'd say, the get-go. This is the kind of story that I really like. Team Selena, I love her Mm -hmm. so much and I'm happy to follow her into the pits of hell if Mm -hmm. need be at this point. So I really loved it. Yeah, I think coming into this, I was already team Selena, much more team Selena in this book. When I first read this book years ago, I don't think I appreciated Her flaws as much because Mm -hmm. I think her inner dialogue sometimes she's very angry she gets very irritated and I think it came off to me as kind of like you're being a petulant child Mm -hmm. but in this I appreciated it a lot more when you have the understanding of her background in the assassin's blade and really see her heart and who she is and I actually really love her temper and love her arrogance and her swaggering I really appreciated that a lot more I think that that is definitely a really big compliment to Sarah J Mass because I think it can be difficult to take a character who has these types of flaws, like Mm -hmm. because she is a petulant child Mm -hmm. at times. She is very angry. She is very jealous. She's Mm -hmm. very prideful. And to make her a character that at least to me, I, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I find her so endearing mm-hmm. with those qualities, like her specifically with them. Those are not qualities that I would normally find adorable <laughs> in, a, in a character. But I I love that they are part of who she is. And I mean, she is so many things, mm-hmm. which helps kind of balance out a lot of that. Yeah. I think that's just a really big compliment to her as a writer to mm-hmm. be able to create a character that we love so much who, yeah, sometimes she needs to go sit in the corner and settle down. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to bed she really does need to go to bed you need to go to bed and actually sleep through the night <laughs> and not spend your night reading or traveling in secret tunnels we got to talk about the secret tunnels so we do open up with her a year after the events of the assassin's blade we are introduced to two new characters mr kaol westfall kaol kaol to some people he's cole before the pronunciation guide came out to me in my head he's kale it is chaos but with an l kale you know you told me that initially she wanted to name him chaos Mm -hmm. i feel like i read that somewhere and there are times in this book where i'm like yeah (laughs) 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 this is why (laughs) there's other times it's like no this doesn't fit him at all but then certain aspects of his personality (laughs) pop out and it's like yeah yes you are Mm -hmm. chaotic yeah so we're introduced to him and to the crown prince of Otterland, Mister Dorian, Dorian Is that how you say Havilliard. You ha- say Havilliard, like billiards. Billiard Havilliard. This is going to be a fun episode. There's a pronunciation guide, but sometimes I like to stray. We're going to call him Dorian, <laughs> the <laughs> crown prince, Big D. <laughs> crown prince big D in the house. So we are introduced to two new characters and I like right off the bat Kael in his hood leading her through the house. Mhm. All over the place and he's trying to disorient her and she's like he's a fool because yeah. now I just know all of the escape routes. He was actually quite helpful. <laughs> he was actually being very helpful to her, which is so nice of him. And <laughs> he tries so hard. <laughs> She's like, I was literally the world's best assassin. What are you doing? But sure, walking me around in circles. (laughs) That is my weakness. (laughs) That is the kryptonite to my assassin skills. And eventually he brings her to Dorian, who presents her with the plot of the book, which is she is going to be, if she wants, and she does want to, be his champion for a competition to be the king's assassin she needs to win the hunger games yes they need a mockingjay she is volunteering as tribute <laughs> whether or not she wants to <laughs> <laughs> she's like hmm slavery or beating 23 grown men in a fight i'll take my chances with the latter like, i think that's my only chance right now And it's presented to her that if she does win, she will gain her freedom in four years. Even though it started at six. Started at six. And she's she's a good. She's a good bargainer. She negotiated it very well. Again, it kicks it right off where it's like, this is why I love you, Mm -hmm. because you do things like this. You do not take no for an answer. Yeah. Seeing her with that spirit, because we ended with the Assassin's Blade, with her going into Endovir, and she, after losing Sam, has been in the wagon for two weeks, and she's been grieving. And at the very end, we have the lovely moment where the King of the North comes. She tucks away those words that Sam said to her into her heart, and she walks into the mines choosing not to be broken. And I love that we have her reflecting in her inner dialogue that she said for every day she was there, I will not be afraid, Mm -hmm. which is the words that Sam shared with her. And she said for a year, those words had meant the difference between breaking and bending. They had kept her from shattering in the darkness. And we see, despite the fact that she has been in a death camp that most people only make it in there for a month, she's lasted a year And you know that those words have given her strength and even being put in front of the prince and in front of captain of the guard, Mm -hmm. her spark is still there. Yeah. That she has held her spirit together, despite having a lot of breaking moments there and almost losing some battles within the mines, that she does come out of it and has held up the promise she made to herself. She's been very consistent with her affirmations Mm -hmm. and That has turned out to be a really powerful tool. Also, I know later in the book, we do get a little bit of insight that there were people in the mines who helped Mm -hmm. dress her wounds. So even in this really dark place, the remnants of kindness are Mm -hmm. still alive. There are other slaves there who are willing to help her to stay up through the night with her Mm -hmm. to heal her wounds, which, you know, as a slave in those conditions, that can be a dangerous thing to do. Mm -hmm. So she's also received That kind of help while in literal hell, which has helped her get to this place as well. Yeah. And I think for those of you who haven't read The Assassin's Blade, a good introduction and a really sad introduction into her skill set is when they're talking about how she almost escaped or she had an escape attempt. Mm -hmm. And it said that most people, when they try to escape, they only make it three feet before getting shot down, and she made it all 363 feet to the wall. She was a fingertip away from touching the wall before they knocked her unconscious. It's known that she did that because she had a breaking moment, and she knew it was a suicide mission, essentially, Mm -hmm. that also again introduces us to this is her abilities it is interesting because in that bit it says that she took out 23 guards mm-hmm. and she gets to the competition and she has to defeat 23 people oh, i thought that was an interesting use I of the think number of that. yeah 23 is very powerful in this mm, book it is so that's how we are introduced to her and her abilities now she is presented with a hunger games type of situation mm-hmm. where there's 24 including herself and they will be over the course of 13 weeks put through different tests and eventually will end in a duel yeah to win the king's assassin title she's already been otterland's assassin Why not be the king's assassin? The king's little champion. There's a lot of reasons to not be the king's assassin. Yeah. He needs to go. He's the one person that scares Selena. Like, really scares her. I love that there is someone in these stories that gets her to that point. Mm -hmm. Because she is pretty fearless. She's very, very confident. And this is a person that she hasn't gone up against in battle Mm -hmm. that elicits that type of reaction. Like, I like Mm -hmm. that her as a character has a figure like that. Yeah. That holds her fear. Mm -hmm. Now, with the challenges it is a variety of physical things she has to scale a wall shoot some arrows throw some knives decipher some poisons Mm -hmm. did you have a favorite challenge of the group you know i did like the poison challenge just because i was trying to also figure it out Mm -hmm. me too (laughs) I felt like I was a part of the test Mm -hmm. and I would have won. It was like, oh, the water that looks like just water that seems the least harmless. Guess what? It is the most harmful. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite, too. And I also loved that she had that little moment with Pelor. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if that's not how you say it. I liked that she had a little bonding moment Mm -hmm. that she remembered, oh, no one else paid attention to the fact that this boy assassin mentioned earlier, oh, poisons are my thing, that Mm -hmm. nobody takes him seriously except for her. It also just notes that she pays attention to things and doesn't judge people by the way that they look or their age. Mm -hmm. But I liked them working together where he gives her the nod. He's like, yes, swap it, swap it. And he's standing to her right. He is, just like Elena said. I mean, honorable mention, I do enjoy her scaling the wall with her tar fingies. Mm -hmm. I enjoy her like Spider-Man moment with that. I like that she was doing her own thing Mm -hmm. while all the other men were kind of clumped together. Yeah, they're like shoving each other out of the way instead of just separating themselves just a little bit. Take the road less traveled, guys. And of course, she has a very heroic swinging moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very Spider-Man in a lot of ways. It is. She is sticky finging up the wall. She is soaring, not by a web, but by a rope Mm -hmm. to save Knox, like the damsel he is. And you know that that hurt. You know that that probably should have cracked a few ribs. Look, I'm very, very happy that she saved Knox. Mm -hmm. I love Knox. Not gonna lie. I am attracted to him. As am I. Throw him into the ring of love interests. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to have him there. I also just like throughout the challenges how enraged she is that she can't be the best. Mm -hmm. Whenever... Her and K.L. were having discussions about like, you need to not be as good as you are. The scene from The Incredibles flashed in my head (laughs) at the end of the movie when the son is in the track race Mm -hmm. and the dad's like, go faster. No, slow down. That I think that was just her and K.L. the entire time. Like, oh, no, you're too close to the front. Just slow down. No, now you're too far back. Keep go faster. Yeah. That's them in every single test. She has a lot of pride. And you do understand, again, especially when you've read The Assassin's Blade, she's been on top Mm -hmm. for a very long time now, despite being very young. You know that she's even more enraged because these icky men are Mm -hmm. taunting her yeah they're saying really demeaning uh, sexual harassment type comments to her Mm -hmm. the entire time yeah so not only is it a issue of pride when it comes to I think a lot of us have that thing that you just want to do your best even if you aren't the best you want to do your best yeah but also when it's added that you have men snickering at you and making disgusting comments you want to put them in their place yeah and I think the thing with Selena is I don't necessarily, at least me, I don't view it as her feeling like she needs to prove herself. It's just she is the best. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a question mark about it. And it's just her not being able to be herself. Mm -hmm. Because when she's allowed, when she goes in and takes care of business, she's not going out of her way to try to prove something. She's Mm -hmm. just using her skills like she's used to doing. Yeah. And she later tells Kale that I hate being told what I can't do. I think it is reflective that she hasn't had freedom in her life the way that people would think that she has that oh you're otterland's assassin you're erbin hamel's favorite that you were spoiled with all this stuff and those things might be technically true but none of that was her being able to act in any sort of actual freedom and having total agency in all of her choices Mm -hmm. so it's just also another example of She's here fighting for her freedom. And even in these tests, she's being told what she can and cannot do. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I know in this episode we'll probably jump around a little bit. Mm hmm. But because of that, that's why, despite my feelings about other aspects of the scene, I do really love at the end that she makes it very clear that she wants to experience freedom when she's mm-hmm. done with the four years. Mm-hmm. She wants to live. She just wants to not be at anyone's beck and call. She is a powerful woman who has never been her own. Yeah, She has never been able to belong wholly to herself. And that's why we see in the Assassin's Blade that there is not tension, but just some struggles between her and Sam living together because that is, again, her first taste of freedom she hasn't experienced but also having someone at her side and being in a relationship that that Mm -hmm. is a very difficult balance to find that she has tried to find that balance before yeah and it didn't work out for her so that little ending with dorian wasn't surprising to me it wasn't surprising to me either and i again just throwing this out there it's a question mark or prediction I'm kind of assuming, first of all, that she'll end up with someone, but (laughs) secondly, that she probably won't end up with that person until she's in that space of being free because of what we've seen with Sam, because of what we've seen with Dorian. And these are two men that genuinely love her. Mm -hmm. This is just on her side that she needs to be free. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of an assumption. Could be wrong. I won't say a word. She probably needs to feel like she's completely her own person, maybe before deciding who her partner would be. She's still very young. She's only 18. She's just a baby. She deserves to live some life and do what she wants to do. So on that note, let's talk about All and Dorian. I told Kate, priority number one in mm-hmm. this episode, I need to talk about this love triangle. I love that you're the one. Mm-hmm. That is like, we have to talk about the relationships. Yeah, because I had a lot of feelings about it. And through (laughs) a lot of the book, I didn't even quite know what my feelings were. I was just Mm -hmm. having feelings. Yeah. Like the two men uh, Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about. I think I had a bunch of question marks circling my Mm -hmm. brain in each of their scenes. Like, what? Yeah. What's going on? Who should we start with? Let's start with Kale. First and foremost, this man needs to stop grabbing and throwing her around he's tossing her around like a sack of potatoes (laughs) (laughs) like every scene it's like okay this is this is fine this is nice and then Mm. it's like dear god stop grabbing her arm and and he does it to dorian too like throws him out of the room (laughs) dude he is the epitome of of like go on get (laughs) out of here (laughs) he's like are you allowed to do this (laughs) I know you're captain of the garbage. you're getting pretty handsy with everyone. Right. I mean, what did you think about Kale as a character and then love interest? I think Kale is not ready for her. Mm-hmm. That there's a big difference between where him and Dorian are at. And of course, Dorian is a prince. So his expectations are different versus Kaol has grown up to be captain of the guard and he is someone who's given up his title yeah, because he wanted to come be with Dorian and he wanted to be in the capital. And this is the life path that he's chosen for himself. Kaol is a man who likes the rules. He loves the codex. Like Dane, he loves a codex. <laughs> he likes structure. And while Dorian, I think, finds a kindred spirit with Selena, or at least someone who can match him intellectually, mm-hmm. Kale is challenged by Selena. It's very different relationship dynamics that are happening. Yeah. Because, I mean, he starts off and he's like, oh, I can't stand how contradictory she is. She's fierce, yet girlish, scary, yet scared. (laughs) He's like, what is she? It's almost as if she's a complex human being. (laughs) What? (laughs) A female? (laughs) I mean, there's a line that makes me laugh. He says, there was something great and deadly concealed within her and he didn't like it. (laughs) I... Like, there were so many moments that I just, like, rolled my eyes and, like, kind of laughed at Kale because he, I mean, he, he hates crime. A big <laughs> hates note, crime. Kale hates crime. He does. And this is definitely a learning process for him mm-hmm. to be able to look at Selena and say, oh, you're an assassin, but you're also a human being. Also, you just, like, go to sleep. Yeah. Wait, maybe you didn't want to do this or maybe you have a sad history or like Mm -hmm. you feel things like normal people. Yeah. That it takes him a while. And despite anything that I would say, or kind of poke fun of with Kale. I understand because, first of all, he is captain of the guard. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to be clueless or naive or not look at her like a threat. And he's very protective of Dorian. Yes. Him and Dorian have been friends since they were youngsters. They're essentially like brothers. Dorian is his boo. Yes. And he he's protects his boo. His boo. So <laughs> I understand that and I support that. But it just gets taken to a level sometimes mm-hmm. that I just need him to stop. Yeah, I think my jail card for him was when he sees her scars and they're talking about how she was whipped Mm -hmm. and he says, what did you do to deserve it? Yeah. Jail. But it shows in that line his perspective. Mm -hmm. He's seen the death camps and part of him understands that it's wrong, Mm -hmm. but also he can't believe that they would have just been cruel to her because... They're cruel because his kingdom is doing atrocious things. Yeah. And he thinks that atrocity needs a reason. Like, I think he's someone that tries to find logic mm-hmm. and structure in everything rather than just understanding that these are evil people who need no reason to do evil things. Yeah. and I mean, also because... He's part of the system, like being Mm -hmm. the captain of the guard. So he doesn't want to believe that he's potentially on the wrong side. But I think Kale is also someone that functions best in black and white.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: Selena is very gray. Yeah. So I will say that he does have some character growth Mm -hmm. with that, which I love. I mean, all in all, when Kale Kale, (laughs) Kale. Kale is being smiley Mm -hmm. and warm, I love him. Mm -hmm. And he really does it for me. But I don't like, and this is just really in any character, Mm -hmm. the hot-cold behavior. That's why... (laughs) just like i want him to go sit in the corner sometimes and get a grip yeah it's the back and forth where he makes some progress and i like that we do get a pov from him where you get inside his head a little bit and which again is just kind of funny because there'll be scenes where he's genuinely sweet to her and they're Mm kind of nudging each other and then it cuts to what you said where it's like "Ooh, but she's so dangerous and i don't (laughs) like it it's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. use all of the information that you've been presented with. Yeah, I think he's very much in denial of his feelings mm-hmm. for her. Oh, and yes. <laughs> he says, I mean, Nehemia says so. And if Nehemia <laughs> says so, it's true it's because law. she is a queen and would tell no lies. Mm-hmm. But in his inner dialogue, he says he was fond of her. But Kael didn't know if he could sleep at night knowing that he retrained and released the world's greatest assassin. He is definitely scared of her. Mm-hmm. Even Selena notes that he watches me with caution, whereas Dorian watches her just because he enjoys watching her. Yeah. Where Kaol, because he has this wall around the rules, he can't quite be honest with himself. And I do actually enjoy a lot of their banter. Mm-hmm. I do too. I love their playfulness and being kind of rough with each other verbally. Like, I think that is all fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like you said, when he's cold or just, I'm not usually a woman who goes for the man who follows the rules. Sure. I think he's really going to have to cope with that. (laughs) He's really going to have to look in the mirror and do some chitty chats with himself on what his belief system is. And I don't know. I think there's a lot of comparisons that we can get into maybe after we talk about Dorian a little bit Mm -hmm. with them and how they react differently to different situations. I think another thing with Kale. 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 It's like the scene when she's in the library and she's reading up on word marks and she's thinking through what something could be. And he's just looking at her and he's like, you sound insane. You (laughs) sound like a raving lunatic with radical and outlandish theories. So this is a man who's also very closed off to bigger aspects of what has been in the kingdom as well. Why do I feel like Kaol is just a low vibe Virgo man? Because he is. This is definitely an earth sign. Yes. This is giving close-minded male (laughs) low-vibe earth sign. Which you know that will change because Mm -hmm. he's seen it or he's seen like something. Mm -hmm. I don't quite understand exactly what everybody else saw in the climax Mm -hmm. of the book. But you know that that's going to shift. Mm -hmm. But at this point. Because holding on to your morality can be a very powerful strength. Mm -hmm. Your morality just has to actually be moral. Right. (laughs) So you need to be able to ask the hard questions to ensure that the quote morality that you're upholding is actually moral. Yes. So this is why it's important for him to take a look at what's going on in his own kingdom Mm -hmm. actually look at the world Mm -hmm. through a broader lens which you know like in this he's already started doing you know i assume going forward that's just even gonna get better and better and despite the fact that he does drive me nuts i do think that he's a great character and i think it is important to remember that these characters are all very young yes that this is a ya story and a lot of ya character journeys is you're starting with them Almost in a sense of going on their journey from childhood to adulthood. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that he is 22, so he's a little older, there is an element of you're young you're still believing what you're being told or holding on to the values that have been instilled in you and this is the point in every person's life that you have to start looking at what you accepted because it was regurgitated to you versus what are you going to choose to believe and what are your chosen values and this is a journey everyone has to go through so i do think that he is a very realistic brilliant character when he's high vibing I love him. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. I don't remember the exact line, but Selena, she looks at him head on at some point and says that she can see the strength and the loyalty of the North in him. And mm-hmm. I thought that that was a really great way to kind of sum up the energy and the peace of him that I love so much. Yeah. And in that scene, she says, far inside of her, she found a golden chain that bound them together. Yeah. So that is definitely a common thread for them is that there is a strong sense of loyalty in them both and that is very different from dorian it is so let's talk about dorian dorian is so handsome (laughs) dorian's the cutest dorian is so handsome Mm -hmm. and she wants him she wants him real bad she wants to kiss him Mm -hmm. she wants to look at him it made me laugh in her inner dialogue when she's like i sort of want to kiss him yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) do we all he's the son of evil incarnate (laughs) but i kind of want to kiss him I really loved Dorian. Mm -hmm. Very different energy. Very different. From Kale. Mm -hmm. Obviously, different backgrounds, different Mm -hmm. privileges. I love that he's a romantic. Mm -hmm. I love that he's incredibly intelligent Mm -hmm. and well-read. It's like Kale's also Mm well-read, but... He's much more intellectual. He's much more intellectual. And I love that him and Selena have really good chemistry Mm -hmm. as characters. That he, like she is actually, is a button pusher. Mm-hmm. He gets her to open up because he pries where she does that sometimes. And I think I think despite them being it's like they're very different. There is something about them that I feel like they are kindred spirits. Yeah, I think so, too. Saying that I can't even quite put my finger on what it is. But oftentimes through the book, it's like they make sense together. They have really good chemistry because I think their souls are very Similar, Yeah. And we get this insight into Dorian that he has kind of been going through the steps of court life. And if it weren't for Kale, he'd be very lonely because he is a romantic and he is an intellectual and he disagrees greatly with what's going on in the kingdoms and his father's choices. And he is bored yes he is bored of the people around him he is bored of his life and he even says despite being a ladies man he's very much a romantic Mm -hmm. that the thought of marrying someone and having an affair is just not okay he's like no you love the person you marry and no one else i love it when despite her telling him that he's an idiot he says a line i can't stomach the idea of marrying a woman inferior to me in mind and spirit it would mean the death of my soul Mm -hmm. he is so lonely he's so lonely and he's so bored and given what we know about the kingdom you totally understand Mm -hmm. he's not on board with the agendas that his father has yeah i understand selena's view on why he's really stupid for holding Mm -hmm. love as the thing that he wants to marry for when he's a crown prince Mm -hmm. when you look at the bigger picture but i think that line really shows what a sensitive soul he is yeah and the fact that he's willing to tell her that like Mm -hmm. he's very open with her and he's very hungry for connection i think a big difference with him and kale and selena and their relationships is that selena is an answer to prayer for dorian Mm -hmm. where selena is kale's worst nightmare. Yes, one is welcomed with open arms and the other... His arms are in an X shape. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Be gone, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And both of those relationships play out in a really interesting way. But yeah, I love their ease with one another. I love that she opens up to Dorian about Sam, about her love of music. She tells him things that she's never shared with anyone, like how music is something that she gets to create when she's a person that does so much destruction Mm -hmm. and how she wanted to be a healer when she was young, which is a nice little flash to the story in the Assassin's Blade. Yes it is. With Miss Irene Towers and i like that selena comes into his life and makes him want to be a better person yeah. there's a lot of lines in his inner dialogue about how she makes him want to be worthy of the crown he has and even kale notices that when yeah. he's dancing with selena that he looks at dorian and is like dorian looks like a man he looks like a king mm-hmm. this is a changed person mm-hmm. i love their dance scene so much the drama it you'll miss this is the second time, actually, just a quick throwback to Assassin's Blade as well, that we got to see them in that book. Mm-hmm. I made a note. I, I don't think I noted it in the episode, but I made a note when she met Dorian. He was wearing a mask. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that that's a crown prince. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming he's going to come back. And I was so happy that it he was. did. It was Dorian and all in masks. Though, like I've already told you, I have a theory, mm-hmm. an assumption, a guess, that Dorian is not the son of the king okay that is all i'm gonna say all right because of how he's described at the beginning of the book where did those eyes come from i don't know doesn't look like his dad i don't know who has those eyes i don't know i mean to be fair i also wondered if he was a werewolf at some point in this book yeah but i also had that thought because of the (laughs) bodies that were showing up but let's talk about that after we finish uh before we get into uh, brains missing and missing innards Mm -hmm. let's talk about finish talking about love yes this triangle (laughs) who do you think out of the two, I mean, part of me is like, there's also Knox floating mm-hmm. around in the background. But out of the two, who do you think, going off of this book, I know that you know the answer to this, mm-hmm. would maybe make the most sense for her? I think out of the information we've been given up to this point, I like her with Dorian. I know she breaks up with him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I know she breaks up with him at the end. But again, she's, she's a woman who has stuff to do. I think- yeah. That's the thing with Dorian is that, and she says it in her inner dialogue, that they're on different paths. He has obligations. He's a crown prince. And there's no world in which, right now, Mm -hmm. that they would end up together. She's going to be signing his father's contract, and then she wants to have freedom. But I just really, in this book enjoy their ease just like lying Mm -hmm. on the bed and holding each other and being emotionally there for one another that being said i do think that there are some very powerful chaos moments but i think in terms of where dorian is at he loves her he's not scared to love her he feels regret that he wasn't the one that killed Kane. Mm-hmm. where Kale is kind of grappling with the fact that he did and it was easy and he didn't think about it, but that's such just something he's grappling with where I think Dorian probably wouldn't because Dorian just probably doesn't care about the rules as much. And yeah. It's Kane. We're not worried about killing Kane. I'm sorry. He was coming at her mm-hmm. with a knife or a sword or a dagger. I don't remember exactly what weapon, but it was very sharp and it was <laughs> going to stab her the, in the back. The pointy end was going to go into her back. <laughs> I like that at the end of the book... Dorian is in a place where he's ready to actively push against his father Mm -hmm. in a much more active way. And that he, when we find out about what happened to the Eelway rebels, he's ashamed. Yes. He is deeply ashamed. He tells her, I understand why you hate me. It's disgusting. I haven't done anything really to stop this. And you know he's not really in a position to. Mm -hmm. However, by the end of the book, he's... Ready to just make more active steps. Mm-hmm. He's done what he can in little ways and trying to dissuade, you know, just like Duke Parrington from holding Nehemia captive, and little ways like that. But he says, "I can't call myself a man when I allow my father to encourage such unforgivable atrocities." Yet even if I pleaded for clemency on behalf of the conquered kingdoms, he wouldn't listen. And then by the end, he says he's done with the politics and the intrigue. That he loves her, and nothing would keep him from her, and yeah. he's ready to essentially start pushing back against his father in whatever ways he can mm-hmm. he was in a different spot when we met him he knew that things are bad yes. in his kingdom he's never been okay with it where kale's reaction to the rebels being killed and just some of the things going on in eoa is you know like i understand that if my people were experiencing this that i would defend them Mm -hmm. and it's through these events he's starting to see the light through nehemia and other things like that yeah but he isn't quite seeing it for how atrocious it is just at face value yeah so i think where we end with them and just their journey i'm much more in dorian's court i agree reading this book i would honestly have to say that my favorite scenes were the scenes where the two of them were together. Mm -hmm. Talking like when she shared about Sam, when she opens up and is telling him pieces of her life. I loved being in that space. And I think in so many ways, they are really well suited for each other. Mm -hmm. It makes me really sad that his title is one of the reasons that she's like, no, I can't explore love with you. Mm -hmm. In my heart in this book, I am Team Dorian. Mm -hmm. But there is also something That tugs at me i think kale has more end game energy he has a steadiness he does in certain ways i think when she says it's like he's a man of the north Mm -hmm. whatever that means i get it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's very attractive (laughs) but i think for selena i really love like what you said the emotional availability the fact that They can intellectually connect on so many things that mean so much to them. So not Mm -hmm. only reading, but music, the fact that she really is herself with him. She allows herself to be vulnerable. I mean, he's the heir to the kingdom and Selena is solidifying herself as a leader and that's her path. So I think there's part of me that would love to maybe see down the line them come back to each other because I think potentially that could be a very powerful couple. Mm -hmm. But it just made me so sad when she broke up with him. I know. I also... he's so sad. I know. I just don't like Dorian being heartbroken. I support her decision Mm -hmm. completely as a character. It just made me really, really sad. Yeah, I just go back to... Dorian isn't afraid of her. Yeah. He watches her get mad and chew on a pool stick Mm -hmm. and finds it funny like he just enjoys the different aspects of her yeah where kale is still grappling with the fact that he could have feelings for her and that those darker parts of her are what's making it hard for him to accept that i mean dorian gives her three pounds of candy Mm -hmm. kale tosses her around (laughs) at this point i think dorian is the much better match Mm -hmm. but granted she's 18 they're also Mm -hmm. within the 18 to 22 year old range so we have six more books (laughs) i know that a lot of stuff is going to go down and i know that where we leave the king in this book he's talking about sending dorian to the battlefront so you get the impression that they're going to be separated anyway Mm -hmm. which to me means oh look there's more room for kale to sneak in there And develop more of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then you have Knox as well, who was her ally. He's loved him. Really cute. Absolutely loved him. He listens to her. To me, he just came off as like a really good friend and almost calm equal Mm -hmm. in ways. She saved him twice. And I hope he comes back. (laughs) I hope he comes back and I hope that there is more to explore in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was really a book that I could see it going in three different directions. Hmm. We'll find out, won't we? Something else kind of moving away from the love triangle Get out for a minute. I just have so many notes that it's like, oh, these boys I know. grappling with their feelings and being in denial. It's a lot of like boy feelings going on. When Kale watches her from the balcony in his feelies, mm-hmm. I was just like, these boys. Yeah. So, you know, his hood was up too. Oh, He's yeah. Like in the dark. Alone. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> don't you watch her they're up there making out music like what are you doing down there <laughs> he's in his feelies yeah he's feeling hard so goodbye boys goodbye boys for a moment something that we do learn about selena is that she is of the magic mm-hmm. that she at some point i mean she, we get that she wanted to be a healer but healers have magic mm-hmm. in their blood i guess it's mm-hmm. how you would describe it so selena in whatever capacity, used to have an element of magic, Mm -hmm. which left her when magic left the land. And Nehemia sees that on her forehead, she has a word mark. Like, we get these little... (laughs) When Nehemia kept looking at her forehead, I'm like, what are you looking at? Do you know what I thought? (laughs) Yeah, you're the one who's killing everyone because people's brains were being like sucked out through their forehead. (laughs) Do you think she was like marking her up? For like half a second when she was staring at her forehead because they had made the detail about Mm -hmm. they took all the organs in the body cavity and then there were puncture marks in the forehead Mm -hmm. where they sucked out the brain. Why is she looking at her forehead? I thought like all of them were going to have something to do with their forehead. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also important to note that when I first read this and you said this to me that it occurred to us, we're like, is this a werewolf? Yeah. Do werewolves when you don't know anything about this series because we know that there's Faye and there's witches and there's other magic. Why wouldn't there be werewolves? <laughs> so Megan and I were like, is there a werewolf here? <laughs> <laughs> Megan asked me, she's like, is Dorian a werewolf? Where'd those eyes come from? <laughs> who did his mother have an affair with? Were they magic? Were they very hairy? <laughs> Was it the shepherd king? Like, who is oh it? God. Yeah, so for a piece of it, maybe the first third or so, my brain was kind of like, all right, who is the werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> is, even, is there a werewolf? It's like, who's the werewolf? Who is it? <laughs> who's eating people? And just not remembering, because also with Keltain, she's getting these headaches mm-hmm. and not remembering things. So it's like, are you the werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> Deciding who the werewolf is. Which it's fine that it's lupin. Essentially, <laughs> it's fine that there's not a werewolf. It's not a werewolf. It's just a horrible hound the creature Ritorec. from hell. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It does look like is that better. I <laughs> think it does look like lupin. Yeah, werewolf. I was reminded of the fact that I don't like any imagery where knees go the wrong way. Yeah, there was a movie I don't even remember what it was as a kid where there is an alien species and their knees go the wrong way, mm-hmm. and for some reason that disturbed me greatly and scarred me as a child yeah not a fan no so everyone's (laughs) knees should just be where they were meant to be go forward (laughs) go forward yeah with all of the is there a werewolf there's things on people's foreheads (laughs) uh, no (laughs) (laughs) we're really just thrown into more magic heavy elements Mm -hmm. of this world we meet elena In a secret passageway who is not a ghost, who's a spirit, who's Mm -hmm. come through a portal, like there's Mm -hmm. just many, many things. We get introduced to word marks. We do. And word gates. Not word games. Not word games. (laughs) This isn't Scrabble. It's not a word game. No. Did you think that the word marks under her bed were friend or foe? At first, I was very concerned for her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not good. Because it's only the champions that are being targeted. And then once we found out that Nahemia knows about word marks, mm-hmm. I think I thought it's probably friend. It's probably protection because Selena has been protected so far. Yeah. I love the movie Sleepy Hollow. And there's an element of that situation in that movie. So mm-hmm. my brain was like, I hope it's just Nahemia. <laughs> like, I just hope that she's the mm-hmm. one doing this, I love that she makes the comment of getting frustrated because Selena kept washing mm-hmm. them off. She's like, I'm sick and tired of moving your bed away from the wall. Philippa has to let me in here like every other day. Chalk <laughs> is all over my hands. I have to deal with Caltaine and the Queen all day. I'm God. not in the mood to come draw more word marks under your bed because you're a little paranoid. <laughs> I liked that we got the insight into her having a magic bloodline. Elena tells her at the end, When Selena thanks her for saving her life, that blood ties can't be broken. So you know. Like you work for me now. You know that there's a little connection going on there. When she first had, she says it's a dream, but it's not a dream, of course. When she goes down into the tomb. (laughs) In my notes, I wrote, why am I scared right now? (laughs) (laughs) There's like all the scenes when she's going into the different rooms. I'm mm-hmm. like, why am I kind of scared right now? <laughs> I'm like, is something gonna pop out? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, we get a little bit of a history lesson too that Elena is actually the first princess of Terracin, who is Brandon's daughter, who he was the king that founded Terracine. Mm-hmm. And Elena is the wife to the first king of Otterlin, Gavin. So these are Dorian's ancestors yeah. that she's talking to. And we get a look into the Dark Lord Erewhon and the battles Mm -hmm. that were going on in the past. There's always a Dark Lord. Fantasy equals Dark Lord. Mm -hmm. Or Darth Lord. Elena tells her, Something evil dwells in this castle. Something wicked enough to make the stars quake. Its malice echoes into all worlds. Destroy it before it's too late, before a portal is ripped open so wide that there can be no undoing it. It's very ominous. You know, something I really appreciated, first of all, just in general, Selena is a funny girl. Mm -hmm. She's a very, very funny girl. I loved her reaction to basically everything that Elena said. Mm -hmm. She's like, what does that even mean? Can you give me a straight answer? Yeah. When she says, you'll always find your answer to the right. Like, What does that even mean? Could you give me some more clarifications of what I need to do? Are these the same person? Mm -hmm. And then Elena shows up at some point in another dream and she's like, hey, just want to make sure that you remember to win this competition. (laughs) She's like, what do you think I'm doing? (laughs) Do you think I want to go back to the mines? Like, I know you've been dead for probably a thousand years, but human behavior is still the same. I'm going to try to survive and win this. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought it was so funny with everything she's saying. She's like, well, how am I supposed to do this? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, You're not hopeful at all. You want me to win this? Maybe write down some of the specifics, please. <laughs> I mean, I will say, going back to some of the history It did make me a little emotional towards the beginning of the book, listening to Selena tell the people around the bonfire about Brandon's forest, Mm -hmm. about experiencing this ancient wood. It's the untouched areas of the kingdom that haven't been broken and conquered the same way that so much of the the rest of it has, Mm -hmm. that that magic still lives there. And then when she woke and... She had little flowers at the <laughs> foot of her cot, little, <laughs> little footprints in the snow. <laughs> that just it's really little feet, s- little feet that just really got me. Just her after being through absolute hell in the slave camp, sitting there and talking about something that was very pure, Mm -hmm. I thought was pretty emotional. Yeah. To feel that, talking about the trees being so old Mm -hmm. and really that reverting back to the power of nature in that way. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Then little feet. It was (laughs) so nice. (laughs) Then we have to go kill people. And there's people who eat people's eyes. Mm-hmm. There's little feeds that, like, Kale hey, is shoving you everywhere. <laughs> and the eye eater eats He's eyes. Like, His God. title is very literal. I liked getting that introduction of, okay, we got some assassins, got mm-hmm. some murderers, some thieves. There's this guy named The Side that he Great name. butchers young priestesses, you know. And then we have the Eye Eater. When the Eye Eater was killed by the Rhetorak, the song Thank Goodness mm-hmm. that Glinda sings in Wicked came to mind. It's like, oh, thank God. I do have a question because I don't think sitting here, I fully understood what was going on Mm -hmm. the scene where kane runs up to selena Mm -hmm. and has his hands on his throat and he's like looking behind her and the guards and kind of at her and Mm -hmm. then he runs away what was happening in that scene i don't know if we're meant to fully understand i think because we learn at the end of the book that he has been calling the ritorak Mm -hmm. and that he is offering the champions as a flesh sacrifice and in return as he, you do as one does and in return he is gaining strength so basically this Ridorak is roiding him up every time we see him Selene is like he must be taking roids because <laughs> why is he 10 pounds heavier and we learned that he as a part of that because he's opening portals mm-hmm. and calling in this creature he has the black ring yeah. that Duke Parrington has. Mm-hmm. We also find out that he's being controlled a mm-hmm. bit by Duke Parrington that I think it would just be a scene where something he's maybe seeing the dark creatures or maybe that was a moment of clarity for him. Maybe he mm-hmm. knew he was being controlled by the Duke and he wasn't able to say anything because it said at the end from the King's POV that Duke Parrington has been testing his control on Cain's body and yeah. then Caltain's mind. So he had two test subjects between them. So I think I just assumed that he was either having a moment of clarity. Maybe he was trying to say something Mm -hmm. and the darkness in him was choking him or he saw something because I know he can't close the portals. Nehemia makes a comment about how he can open them, but he doesn't really This girl know is how running to... all over the castle, cleaning yeah. up everyone's messes. <laughs> she needs a vacation. She does need a vacation. And just to keep things in the book consistent, I love when Kane shows up in front of Selena, and she just looks at him and she's like, I hope he's choking to death on himself right now. Yeah. I love throughout this entire book, even when she is friendly and likes Dorian, mm-hmm. she's always just like, Well, I could just, in this many moves, take him out right now. I could disarm him. Take three steps that way. I got Kale. Mm -hmm. Kill this person. She's always thinking about how she can just take someone to the ground or kill them. (laughs) Just keeping it fresh. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you expect by the end when we get to the duels, Mm -hmm. we know that Selena is going to be poisoned by Caltane? Yes. Did you expect the climax to be what the climax was with the opening of the portal's And dark creatures attacking her. And Elena coming out in her armor, holding off the monsters. And she's like, F you, Kane." (laughs) You know, I did not Mm -hmm. have that on my bingo card. Like when we started Assassin's Blade. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're like, this is where the world is going. Kane is going to have winged things (laughs) flying around him. I did not. My initial thought once she killed the Ritorak Mm -hmm. was that the duel was going to pit her against Knox. Mm. that she was going to have to make a decision like it was going to be more of a personal feeling kind of climax of her having to potentially well, definitely kill this man that she's become friends with that this would almost be the first test in her being the king's assassin Mm. that it was going to kind of go in that direction so how did you feel when you were wrong i was so happy (laughs) i was so glad because i didn't want her to kill him sure she does the opposite she sends him away and saves him does again selena number one fan But that's what my initial thought was, Mm -hmm. that she's busy worrying about things like what we've been seeing in the book. And when it comes down to it, the final task would be to do something that she feels is wrong Mm -hmm. because she's become allies with him and friends. Mm -hmm. So you weren't expecting evil demon shadow monsters to show up at the duel? I mean, I knew that at some point in the book... When they start talking about the clock tower mm-hmm. and the eight guardians, that was built around the time of Dorian's birth. I just want us to remember that there's <laughs> something going on with Dorian. <laughs> Who are you? Where did you come from? Are you a werewolf? Are you? A werewolf? <laughs> are you from a different world? What are you? Which I'm. I hope is answered. I hope mm-hmm. that there is something to that. Mm-hmm. But no, I did not expect that. That was a very brutal chaotic climax mm-hmm. to have to go through as a reader with selena getting the shit beaten out of her yeah and freaking out and then getting attacked by shadow beasts mm-hmm. and then nehemia coming in being a badass mm-hmm. but then i don't know if anyone is actually seeing her do this there was a lot of chaos happening mm-hmm. and i know reading it i wasn't quite sure who was seeing what do you know what nehemia when she's around the ring and she's drawing the word marks in the air. Do you know what it reminded me of? Us doing Reiki? Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Reiki is an energy healing practice. And part of that is you draw symbols in the air with your fingers. And that's what Nehemia does. I was like, oh my God, I know what this is. I like, oh, you're I-, Reiki I used to do girl. this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know Reiki. <laughs> Let's talk about Nehemia for a couple minutes. Um, I'm obsessed with Nehemia. Oh my God. I Love her. Make her queen of Make everything. Her queen. The older I get, and maybe it's because I've consumed so much romance at this point in my life that it takes a lot to really impress me, where now I'm at a point where female friendships get me more than anything. Yeah. In Akatar, the things with the Valkyries, mm-hmm. in The Assassin's Blade, her and Ansel, and in this, her and Nehemia, female friendship makes me sob yeah the line when dorian and kale are watching nehemia and selena do what they want essentially Mm -hmm. put them in their place and they comment about how together they are a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. i'm like that's the story I yeah. want. And again, going back to the Assassin's Blade, their relationship, Selena opening up her heart again to another female friend, hits so much harder when you know mm. Ansel's story. Yeah. And I enjoyed seeing the roller coaster with their friendship in terms of they very quickly establish a strong friendship, but they're both keeping secrets. They're mm-hmm. both telling lies for the sake of their own protection, Nehemia the sake of her people's protection. And when Selena becomes doubtful about Nehemia in terms of her intentions of being at the castle, she knows about word marks. She doesn't know if she's the one releasing the Ritter Act. She knows that she comes from a nation that is being conquered mm-hmm. and having horrible things done by Otterlin. Yeah. That because of her experience with Ansel, she 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 goes to that Yulmus ball to protect people, but I think to also protect Nehemia from doing something that she might regret. Mm -hmm. She says that she knows what it's like to have friends who will stop at nothing for revenge of their people. Yeah. So yeah, reading the Assassin's Blade and seeing how Selena is dealing with it differently here, that she's being proactive and she's being careful, but she's also not completely closing herself off to Nehemia. Mm hmm. That I just really loved the evolution of their friendship. And when they finally get to sit down and have the, yeah, I'm Selena Sardothian. And she's like, yeah, I read and speak perfectly. I have been playing all of you for a fool. Her saying, yeah, it's amazing what people will say around you when they think that you don't understand them that well. It's like, this is my kind of woman. Yeah. Use their prejudice and use their nastiness against them. They are both doing. A very similar thing. Mm-hmm. She's lying about her name. She's lying about the language. She's doing this to survive. She's doing this to help her people survive. So they have so much common ground between them that I think when they partner up, and I hope that we see more of this going forward in the book series, Mm -hmm. it's like, look out, look out world. I just love that they fight for each other in different ways. And obviously, Nahemia saves Selena's life a million times Mm -hmm. (laughs) when she's like, yeah, you don't want to know how many times that thing almost got you if you want (laughs) to sleep at night. Thanks to me, you're fine. Nahemia is just a really great friend. Like, let's take the piece where she's not being fully honest because Selena's is doing the same thing. Let's yeah. just take that out for a second. Nahemia holds selena's hand just to let her know that she's there as a friend Mm -hmm. through some of this stuff like she's just there with her to support her in her presence in her Mm -hmm. words she doesn't push her to open up about anything until she's ready and selena does the same for her she does the same for her when nehemia gets the horrible news that the 500 have been massacred Mm -hmm. she goes to selena and breaks down in front of her and just that vulnerability with these two very very powerful women was so satisfying to read and i want more Mm -hmm. Of it yeah. i mean when we first meet nahemia selena asks her about what she thinks of the castle and she says it's the most foolish thing i've ever seen yes and immediately i'm like yeah i'm team you and then about kane she says something about him makes me want to beat in his face I'm like <laughs> this is my woman yeah and this is my kind of lady i wanted to shout out when Keltain corrects Nehemia's Mm -hmm. common tongue language and Selena says, shut your mouth (laughs) immediately. She doesn't know Caltain. She just immediately tells her to shut her mouth. Yeah. Yes yeah this their friendship definitely made me swoon just they are two powerful women they are equals they show up with open hearts and open minds to one another they accept each other despite the secrets and the lies because they have a deep understanding mm-hmm. of one another and selena is just looks at nehemia in wonder of like what did i do to deserve a friend like this yeah. someone who loves me like this when nehemia comes in at the end She says, this is what unconditional love looks like. Yeah. And that, I mean, that made me weep. Oh, yeah. That got me. (laughs) (laughs) That got me. That there's a love between these two women that it feels like Selena has just never known. Mm -hmm. That in this female friendship, that there is a bond and a love so deep that she just hasn't even seen this before. And I think on top of that, the fact, too, that Nehemia is also a warrior. Mm -hmm. I love the moment when selena clocks that she has the calluses of -hmm. someone who is used to handling a sword yeah that nehemia would also understand the complication of that portion of selena's life even if she's not an assassin yeah i really need more of that Mm -hmm. moving forward definitely that is a demand (laughs) sarah if it's not already in the books please go back and reprint. then we would need some rewrites Well, I mean, should we talk about the other female in this book, Caltaine? Caltaine Rampier. I thought she was a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite know what to expect from her because she's a POV character. Mm -hmm. So you know that there's something more to her than just wanting to marry Dorian. I thought the moment when it's revealed that she's been played was really, really great. I wrote down, oh, (laughs) Keltane. When she's having her headache, she's not thinking straight. Mm -hmm. And she goes to Duke Parrington. It's like, you told me this would work. and He's like, what? He's like, the poison. (laughs) He's like, you have poison? You have poison? (laughs) You drugged the champion? And she's getting played and I was like, oh, Keltane. Yeah. I guess my question would be how much of Keltane has been Manipulated because thoughts and emotions make up quite a bit of a person. Mm -hmm. So, what of Caltain that we've been introduced to is actually her versus what's been manipulated within her? I think that is the great question because even the conversation that the Duke and the King have about her, I was a little confused as to what that answer is Mm -hmm. because I would assume that the thoughts about her wanting to rise up in the ranks would be hers Mm -hmm. however when he has the ability to influence will and influence thoughts you could argue maybe that that was just a dream and then he made that more concrete for her Mm -hmm. finding that out as she's been presented as an antagonist obviously she could have gotten selena killed with her part i think that that is such a brilliant twist that she's been presented as the antagonist. However, she's a victim herself Mm -hmm. to the king and to Duke Parrington and whatever the bigger evil or bigger plan is at large that she is just a singular piece in the chess game that no one else is aware of Mm -hmm. at this point that even Selena looks at her and throws a potted plant at her (laughs) and doesn't like her and Dorian has no sympathy for her all of these things which you know why would they when she behaves that way sure however the tragedy in that she's just also a young girl who maybe had hopes and dreams of rising in her station or of being something more in a world where she is limited women are Mm -hmm. limited ladies are limited in what they can be the only way to get more power is to marry up and that that has been manipulated and obviously her will her agency has been taken away yeah so that was definitely a surprise Turn of events in that last mm-hmm. couple chapters. Yeah, you know something's going on because she is a little addicted to opium mm-hmm. because of her headaches. Because of her headaches, she blames it on the opium, but she's also seeing things with wings fly around Kane. She's yeah. seeing certain things <laughs> she's that like, are this revealed. Is a really <laughs> bad trip. <laughs> yeah, it's revealed to be true at the end in the climax. So I knew that there was going to be more to her story. I didn't quite expect mm-hmm. the twist that we got, which was, again, really fun to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I know that there was something going on with the ring because mm-hmm. Kane also had the black ring like the Duke did. I think also the reveal at the end, which wasn't a surprise actually at all, but it's just because the king has been gone that you realize he's still involved in everything that's going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was his intention from the beginning to get rid of Selena because obviously Kane gives him the nod before he tries to murder her yeah i thought that the king's pov was really interesting because we obviously learned that he's well-versed in word marks Mm -hmm. but he at the same time he knows that selena is his best bet for champion right now and he recognizes the fact that there are forces that are both trying to take her down and trying to protect her Mm -hmm. and he realizes that her fate might not be his to end yet And then he goes on to think about Dorian and how he could be a good warrior with the proper pushing and the proper training. And it was really interesting to be in an evil man's mind and have him be semi even keeled. Yeah. Which was actually a lot more unnerving. I was going to say, I think because in, quote, an evil person's mind, there's nothing evil about them going on to them. Yeah, to them. Where they're not viewing it where, oh, I'm being wicked. Mm -hmm. Like I'm being a horrible monster and slaughtering all of these innocent people to them. it's Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this makes sense. Yeah. And the fact that he wasn't super rageful or Mm -hmm. emotional in that way, that logic was there, Mm -hmm. that was much more unnerving. It's like, oh, you're actually someone to be really feared obviously beyond the horrible things he's doing, but to understand that He is a man with a plan and he is intelligent and he has done this and been able to systematically take out kingdoms because he has the brains to do so. He's not relying on other people. This is all him. He got where he is today for a reason. Yeah. It's not just brute force, which that obviously gets you very far, Mm -hmm. but that kind of wear down of that many kingdoms and the systems, the death camps and the slavery that he's implemented that is a systematic takedown that yeah. requires intellectual thought and that's horrifying yeah i love the moment when kale is having a think and he says it is strange that the king's whole traveling party all died mm-hmm. that the king was the only one that came back alive yeah that is really odd why wouldn't he tell me that do you not tell me why because he's mad at me where he has that thought where he like we've talked about doesn't want to go to that place and then, of course, Selena becomes his champion. And the first thing he does is, if you mess this up, Kale's dead. Nehemia yeah. is dead. Then I'm going for her brothers. Then I'm going for mm-hmm. her family. Just really seals the deal mm-hmm. of what he needs Selena to do. Yeah, which you know is gonna just bleed into the next book, mm-hmm. and is probably gonna be a conflicting time for her. I yeah. would assume and it's gonna be a very rude awakening for Kale. He's gonna need a minute. He's gonna be going through. Some processing, I would assume. When he thought to himself, you know, Duke Parrington has never done anything untrustworthy besides trying to get us to keep Nehemia as a hostage and throw around Selena and mm-hmm. do all these awful things to the rebels and the slaves. But sure. like besides that, he's never done anything untrustworthy. Like, What's one other thing that he's done besides that giant ass list? Like, I think that's probably enough, they all <laughs> I think just one of those things is maybe enough to mm-hmm. be a little bit more suspicious. But I understand you grew up with the rules being your god, mm-hmm. but as we know from every other story ever, those characters are going to be confronted <laughs> with, Yeah, with the rude awakening that will shake up their worlds. So I am sure that that is on its way for Kale. It did surprise me with him that he said he'd never killed anyone. Yeah, well, he's captain of the guard, but he is not trained for battle. Mm-hmm. And he's never killed anyone. So he's a guard yeah. like, for the royal family. And he manages, I assume, like the training and the organizational pieces of the other guards. Like he was mm-hmm. the one that was selecting the men that the king denied to go on the trip with him. Mm-hmm. Feels much more organizational <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, maybe that just speaks to the fact that the king is so powerful and intimidating that there is no one rising up against him where he mm-hmm. would need to kill anyone mm-hmm. because you would just assume like in In any given story, if you have a royal guard at some point, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. That's just usually the nature of the position. Mm -hmm. And I think I liked it actually in the story that there is that level of innocence still with him. That's how he's able to, I think, hold on to that idealized reality that he kind of views himself looking in where he looks at his job as this is something that he wanted so, so badly. And the king is doing the just things. like He doesn't want to look at the evil Mm -hmm. because he hasn't had to get his hands dirty yet. And in this book, it's the first time where he's having to actually question the things that he does as well as question his view on the people that he knows. Yeah, I think he's very much with Dorian. There's a comment in the Assassin's Blade that the captain of the guard went with Dorian when he was on holiday or he was traveling somewhere. Mm -hmm. So unless Dorian is traveling probably for diplomatic reasons or he's going somewhere safe he's not fighting that KL is just with him yeah so he's not in battle he's not on the front lines he's not escorting people to these death camps despite knowing that that's what's going on i think that's in this book my issue Mm -hmm. with KL. like you know this like in your head it's not a secret to you i mean i think it's gonna be a really great arc for Kale and I think if the king does follow through and send Dorian to the battlefront I think that's going to be a really interesting arc because obviously the king looks at Dorian as someone who has potential but needs to be controlled Mm -hmm. he needs to learn how to take orders because he's starting to push back against his father so Mm -hmm. for him it's like well this is how I do that yeah the king's like it's too bad that Dorian likes to read (laughs) (laughs) those books aren't evil but yeah, so I think Dorian going, if he does go, into that kind of an environment is going to be really rough. Yeah. And I'm going to be curious to see if that changes him or maybe lights a fire under his ass to push back even more. Mm-hmm. Hoping it's the latter. We'll see. We will see. Also, one quick thing. Speaking of the king's sons. I am really curious if Holland is going to factor into this story at all, because he sounds like an absolute nightmare. Oh, you mean the child who beat the servant who brought him his slightly burnt porridge? That's the one. That is the one mm-hmm. who like beat her within an inch of her life. He might be a problem. He might just be Just as problem. a person. I'm really glad that he wasn't able to come home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that there's an unrest in dorian potentially Mm -hmm. pushing back against his father Mm -hmm. and that that thing is the next in line yeah i think holland gives me dudley energy Mm -hmm. from harry potter in the first movie when he's big d when he's complaining about his presence he's like Mm -hmm. 36 last year 37 whatever number that was yeah i think that's holland i think that's horrifying Mm -hmm. to be sitting on a throne of glass so i'm just saying that now as we're just starting off i don't know how many years the series takes place over i know holland is a child but you know we've seen joffrey we've seen other young horrifying people Mm -hmm. so let me ask you a question speaking of throne of glass um How do you feel about the glass castle? I think it is very foolish. (laughs) Would you feel like Selena that you would be nervous to be in the glass part of the castle? I think it depends on what the floor situation is. Mm -hmm. Because in the throne room, it's red marble. Yes. So I think if that's the case, I don't think it would give me the creeps as much. I just feel like it would be really, really warm Mm -hmm. all the time because when the sun is out that it would serve as like a greenhouse. And then it'd be really, really cold in the winter. It just doesn't sound like a nice place to be where Selena gets to be in the other part of the castle. And Mm -hmm. her rooms, with the exception of the creepy secret tunnel, Mm -hmm. sounds like it's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. I like a good crumbly castle kind of look. It's very romantic. As do I. Yeah. So I think the glass castle is probably incredibly beautiful to look at when she talks about looking at the view of it in the distance with the lighting. I think it is probably really spectacular. But in terms of being in it all the time, that's just not what I would want my castle to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like if it's glass, you're asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you like it? Would Um, you want it? (laughs) No. Do you think it's foolish? (laughs) I think it's foolish. I think... From a metaphor perspective, it's perfect. If you're saying, This is my castle, it's made of glass, my throne is made of glass, something that is infamously breakable, Mm -hmm. that even if the glass they're using is so thick and sturdy that it isn't breakable, I think just the concept of the material you use, it's a symbol. I mean, Mm -hmm. we know that back in the day when you're making a flag, you're making your family sigil, you choose colors, animals. Symbols that represent something to communicate to other people what powers you have, what strengths you have, so on. Mm -hmm. So glass being the symbol mixed with a wyvern Mm -hmm. and having, I believe it's red and black. I think so is an interesting contrast. Yeah. The wyvern in the red and black is very intimidating. The glass feels very... Yeah, it does feel very delicate. It's very breakable. It is. And I feel like it can be very, very imposing. But I just feel like when you make anything out of glass, you are asking for someone to throw a rock through it. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I think is perfect for this story. So I really love its existence Is this what it sounds like when it hails? To me, it also feels like it would be the loudest place to live. Everything would echo. You could hear everyone walking around. Weather would be really, really deafening. But you know what? That's what he wants. Mm -hmm. I mean, speaking of sigils, do you know what our surname sigil animal is? Isn't it a pelican? I believe it is a pelican. There is a bird that resembles a pelican on our coat of arms. This is why I identify with our mother's side of the family, (laughs) our mother's name. We have black and yellow with a black and white cross with a pelican or maybe a stork. I don't like any of that. At medieval times, you wouldn't root for the black and No, at medieval times, I always wanted the green one. He was always the sexiest. Yeah, he was. The one in Anaheim for the longest time. I haven't been for a few years. It was the same guy. We went a few times within like a few year stretch. He mm-hmm. was always very menacing and very sexy. Yeah, he always looked like the villain, which always got me. He was straight up Slytherin. <laughs> this is why sure. we're in Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> the girlies who had the time of their life in their childhood at medieval times are the girlies reading Throne of Glass right now. <laughs> They're the fantasy girlies. We end this book with Selena signing the assassin contract we end with knowing that she has a bigger part to play Mm -hmm. in the stories kane says all the players are being brought together there's definitely a bigger sense of fate that's going on in the story elena probably has some more things for her to do we have some relationships to sort out Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to find out if kale ever gets over his fear of her courses that was a great scene just mm-hmm. to have both men and get to see their reaction to her and her courses. Kale is terrified, horrified. Dorian's like, come play with me. <laughs> yeah. Also, just Kale not understanding what she means. <laughs> so maybe we'll find out if he gets more comfortable with menstruation. There's a lot to look forward to. These are the (laughs) hard-hitting elements of this story franchise that I am dying to know. Is it cold in the glass castle? And will Kale overcome his fear of the female body? (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Well, I guess we should move into Mm -hmm. our favorite new segment with the series, Laugh, Cry, Barf. Yes. And for our new listeners... This is a new segment that we are doing for the Throne of Glass series, where we choose a moment that made us laugh, a moment that made us cry, and a moment that made us either want to physically or emotionally barf. Live, laugh, love. Laugh, cry, barf. All right, you first. Laugh, cry, barf. So I had a lot of laughs. Mm -hmm. Most of them were just silly inner dialogue with boy-girl relationships. Yeah. However, one that had me laughing and just me feeling giddy was when Selena got her Christmas candy and she wakes up and she is so overjoyed. Mm -hmm. She does not even question it before diving in. It turns her teeth red. She has chocolate all over her mouth. And then Dorian comes in and he's like, I got you three pounds. You've eaten half of it. I wanted some. I just like, this is a woman after my own heart. Yeah, And I just love Dorian coming in and being like, I got you this. Yeah, and He doesn't and get mad was- at her. He's just like, this is fine. I just wanted some. <laughs> that gave me some joy. Cry. There are also a lot of cries, to be mm-hmm. fair. The one I think that got me... The hardest, besides when Nehemia comes and tells Selena about the rebels, yeah. is when during the duel Nehemia offers Selena her staff, mm-hmm. and she says, "Let it be with an eelway weapon that you take them down. Let wood from the forest of Eelway defeat steel from Otterlin. Let the king's champion be someone who understands how innocents suffer." And Selena is also understanding that, like Nehemia, if she becomes the champion, she can undermine. The king and I just loved talk about like the symbol of the glass castle, yeah. That the symbol of this staff, this symbol of Eelway, that she is becoming the champion, which is something that's really hard for Selena to cope with. That mm-hmm. she is kind of selling her soul and she questions her own morality in doing this, saying like, "Is it better to die in honor or live and be his weapon?" Mm-hmm. And so I loved that moment for her and Nehemia and like together saying, "We." Are going to beat him, yeah, with the power of our people with staff with a staff, Badass. and she does. My barf. Was when Kane dislocates Selena's shoulder, then kicks her to the ground so hard it relocates. That was a physical barf for me. Yeah. The last episode with the Assassin's Blade, it was an emotional barf. This time it's a physical barf. <laughs> I was okay with this book being more physical, physical barf. barfing because of what we had to deal with the emotional mm-hmm. barfing in the last one. Okay, so what's your laugh cry barf? My laugh, I'll take the one that you said, because that was on my list, but add to it where it's Kale talking about how much Selena eats. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have never known anyone in my life to eat as much as she does. She has thirds and fours like she has so many helpings there's so much food her table manners are atrocious and just him getting all worked up about how much she eats like kill it's almost like she's been starved for a year yeah. and she's trying to regain her strength he's just so up in arms about it about everything about everything so that just really made me laugh and then when we get to the candy scene that mm-hmm. was just amazing and also the fact with the candy scene she had to go out in public with her teeth crimson mm-hmm. great Probably my biggest cry moment would be the moment when Nehemia comes into Selena's room after the 500 have been brutally slaughtered. And mm-hmm. she says, what is the point of being princess if I can't help my people? And yeah. her just weeping, just being in that mm-hmm. place of feeling so helpless. That was my first big cry. Yeah. And also the, the vulnerability that comes with that of her going to Selena mm-hmm. and the female friendship element on top of that. Mm-hmm. And my physical barf for this one would be just the entire scene of Kane beating Selena. Mm-hmm. That was a really difficult thing for me to read because it, it was what you mentioned. Plus hit after hit after hit hitting her jaw. Her mm-hmm. flying across the courtyard. He's playing with her. Where she is a rag doll mm-hmm. who's not in full control of her faculties. Yeah. And it was so brutal mm-hmm. that made me feel a little sick. So there you go. last cry, barf. barf. Now we're going to do some uh, rapid fire. And to tell our regular listeners, we've actually made our rapid fire rapid fire. Mm -hmm. We've changed it up. We have. We did some self-reflection that we should probably have integrity about the name of our segments. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing. Here we go with rapid fire. Hit me with it. Favorite character? Nehemia. Favorite assassin moment? Selena beating Varen in three moves in the test after all of the demeaning comments he was making to her and everyone just being dumbstruck, except for Knox, Mm -hmm. who's grinning. Honorable mention to all of the little things she does in her room with sticking the pins in the soap for making the hinges in her door squeaky, Mm -hmm. for thinking of how to use the cue and the balls from the billiards to -hmm. take people down. So that's an honorable mention. Favorite villain or antagonist? Caltain. Favorite relationship? Selena and Nehemia. And lastly, we're going to do two versions of this. Okay. Date, Mary, kill. Dorian, Kale, Sam. I would marry Dorian. Mm-hmm. I would date Sam and kill Kale. And for the ladies, Nehemia, Selena, Elena. I would marry Nehemia. Mm-hmm. I would date Selena and I would kill Elena. Are you ready? Oh, I think I'm ready. Favorite character? I'm choosing two. Dorian and Nehemia. Okay. I'll accept it. Thank you. Favorite assassin moment? I'd say Selena flying and saving Knox mm, because she was half a breath away from winning. It was a character reflection moment of who mm. she is and she got him. She mm-hmm. saved him. Favorite villain slash antagonist? Because of the twist, I would say Duke Parrington. Oh, okay. I didn't see it coming. Okay. Favorite relationship, probably Selena and Nehemia. Mm-hmm. I also love Selena and Dorian. I would, I was gonna say for me, that's a very close, yeah, second. Like I really loved her very close and Dorian. Second. Date Mary, kill Dorian, Kale, Sam. I would marry Dorian. I'm really sorry, Sam. I would kill Sam. Is it because he's already dead? <laughs> it does make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I really loved Sam as a character. I just don't think I personally latched onto him mm-hmm. as much. And while Kale makes me crazy... He does have something. He really does. So I would date Kale. Mm-hmm. I just dated a Virgo once and I didn't like it. So I think... <laughs> just, We've determined it, that that's what Kale is. <laughs> He's a Virgo. Nehemia, Selena, Elena. I would kill Elena. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I really like her, but she would be way too up in my business all the time. You also like directness and answers and I she's do. not giving any direct information that's yeah. going to be helpful i would say where do you want to go to have dinner tonight and she'd say well if we just go right mm-hmm. like i don't know what that means i think i would at this point i would marry selena because i know her mm-hmm. more and she's funny she makes me laugh yeah she is and then i would date nehemia okay. but you know that Nahemia would be an amazing wife i think that's my thing i think Nahemia feels like a wife like mm-hmm. a partner where i think selena is very wild still mm-hmm. where I think for dating. That's wonderful. And she wants her freedom. I don't want to tie her down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we wrap this up, there is one more thing that happened in this book that we haven't talked about, and that is Selena got a puppy and it has a foul temperament. It's so to mad. Her. <laughs> It, like, kind of likes Dorian <laughs> once Selena finds yeah. Dorian okay. Just needs the so right cute. kind of love. Like, all animals who are like that, they just yeah. need the right kind of love. And Selena will know how to love little Fleetfoot. So, I love the idea of her and having it was a, a Christmas puppy, a companion. One of our dogs was a Christmas puppy. She's actually uh, very similar to she, Fleetfoot. She's very similar to Fleetfoot. She has a foul disposition, except with us. She's the sweetest girl. When we have to take her into the vet, they all dread it. Mm-hmm. because she's evil uh with other people but in truth with us mm-hmm. she is the sweetest most precious dog yeah except when she tries to kill her other dog she also i think looks like Fleetfoot. so we did it we did it we survived throne of glass mm-hmm. we survived the duel the rhetoric the werewolf part of me still wishes it was a werewolf <laughs> <laughs> this is a place for honesty <laughs> Maybe we'll get one later in the series. I don't know. I won't spoil anything for you on that front. Yeah, I am looking forward to continuing this. I mean, I'm ready Mm -hmm. to just pick up the next one and go. So for our normal listeners, we are, as we've said, continuing the journey into the Throne of Glass world over on our Patreon. So we'd love to have you join us over there. For our patrons, as always, please leave any comments, thoughts, questions, hot takes on this book upcoming books. We will be talking about all of that in the upcoming episodes. I am so excited to dive deeper and deeper into this world. I think that this is a series that each book gets better and better and better. So if you liked Throne of Glass, it's going to get better. And if you are maybe not so sure, I would encourage you to plow forward because I was slightly in that category of people that like the book but wasn't entirely sold. I'm so glad I pushed through. I mean, I really held that sentiment in my mind when I was reading because I didn't feel that way. So mm-hmm. I can't even imagine where we're going as the series continues, yes. which is very, very exciting. Yes. So if you would like to join us on that journey, the link is in our show notes. And to our patrons, we love you. Thanks for being here. We love you. Love you always. And we can't wait to hear from you about everything you have experienced in this lovely world of Throne of Glass. So we will see you there next week. And until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.